Welcome to the Pharmacy Quality Solutions Quality Corner Show, where we talk quality of healthcare and explore what that actually means. Let's dig into performance measurements, the equipped platform, pharmacy goals, and personal goals. We will also occasionally cover topical healthcare news and maybe throw into the conversation a few of our own nerdy passions and hobbies. So turn us up. The Quality Corner Show starts now. Hello, Quality Corner Show listeners. This is Nick Dorich, and I am thrilled to be joining you today. And wow, do we have a treat for you. We're already a few weeks into the new year, and a common theme with a new year is a new you. Uh, Now, I decided to start this new year with a new case of the flu, and I would not recommend that for anybody else, uh, but I've made it through, and today I am happy to introduce to you, our viewing audience, uh, to another member of the PQS team. Her name is Emily Andres, and she is the Director of Payer Relations at PQS. Now, this is her first time being a member of the podcast, so we're going to try and take it easy on her. Without further ado, Emily, welcome to your first podcast show. Thank you, Nick. I appreciate it. And thank you for taking it easy on me. And we are just glad that you have survived the flu out of the first week of the new year here. So glad to have you back in the office for sure. Um, And super excited to be a part of this podcast. So Uh, Just a little bit of background around myself, Um, been in pharmacy for all of my career. I have a bachelor's in pharmaceutical sciences, so I am not a pharmacist. I do not play one on TV, but I know just enough to be a little dangerous. Uh, I started my career with a large retailer, uh, working there for a little over 10 years and lots of different functions behind the counter and on the retail end. Um, Then I switched to a career in managed care, which is really where my passion lives and exists, and had an opportunity to do lots of third-party contracting on behalf of um, retail independent pharmacies for quite some time, and then started here with PQS in 2016 and have enjoyed every moment since. It's definitely been an exciting ride. So really um, looking forward to this podcast today, Nick, and uh, appreciate being on the show. Yeah, Emily, thanks for joining us. And I have to say, um, I know you and I have had the opportunity to be together at, at meetings. And I know that, as you said, you are not a pharmacist, um, but I know that you do know a lot of pharmacists. And I can definitely uh, confirm that you are very popular amongst the pharmacists that do know you, perhaps more so than anyone I've seen. So, um, so we're really excited to have you on board. You do bring a lot of knowledge and experience. Um, for myself as a pharmacist, there's always a good knowledge set that we do have and we understand about medications, but we do work in a healthcare landscape that is a lot bigger than just pharmacy and the use of medications. There's a lot of different elements that come into that. I think you bring a really unique understanding and perspective for that. So um, before we jump into some of the questions that I've got for you today, can you give me a little bit of um, detail and kind of what are your uh, day-to-day operations at PQS and um, just some of the work that you do with the managed care organizations that we work with? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, So my day-to-day operations here and and contribution to the team, Nick, involve working with all of our data providers, um, which include payers, PBMs, and then also other managed care organizations, and trying to understand what their goals 
are as it relates to pharmacy engagement. So certainly one of the perks of partnering with us here at PQS and leveraging the Equip dashboard is that we bring a unique um, item really into the marketplace, which is pharmacy engagement. Uh, there are a lot of other products in the market, but having the connectivity to pretty much all of the retail uh, pharmacies across the country is unique to us. And so looking for different ways to leverage the pharmacy network to help health plans achieve their goals that they have in mind for their members as far as health and wellness. And at the end of the day, the conversation that I engage with and that my team engaged with, engages with, excuse me, across our data providers is really focused on the member and how do we get members or your patients if you're in the pharmacy to be healthier. Yeah, and I had to, uh, laugh a little bit and thinking about it because it is something that I've definitely experienced. My background has been as a pharmacist and it's the patient, right? Uh, but learning and now working mm -hmm. at a group like this, I have learned that from a health plan side, it is a member. And there's definitely a little bit of a difference out there, but ultimately it is the same goal. So that's just kind of a, a good example of where we're trying to bridge some gaps and bring some different people together that really have the same goal. And that is ultimately that that individual who's taken the medication, how do we improve their health outcomes? So um, Emily, appreciate that background. It's really helpful context. And uh, we're gonna go ahead and jump into some questions for today's episode. And I mentioned how we're early into the new calendar year and beginning of the new year, uh, there's a lot of new things that are happening. And before we know it, it's gonna be May, June, July, we're hitting spring, we're hitting summer, and it's a very different set of activities that we're working through. It's easy to get lost from January and as we proceed through the rest of the year. So with that in mind, what would you recommend to pharmacists so that they can think about, um, what do they think about now so that they can be successful um, as we quickly proceed through the course of this year? Absolutely, so if I could impart some New Year's mantra on any of those that happen to listen today, it would be this. It is not a one and done. And right now is the time to take advantage of the calendar. Time is never on our side, right? But in the month of January, it absolutely is. And what I mean by it's not a one and done, we have an opportunity right now at the start of the plan year to take a look at all of those members that maybe did not end the year in 2019 on a good note. So who was non-adherent last year and why were they not adherent or why did they not meet the intent of a measure? So if we think about this from an equip perspective and we go into our dashboards and we look at all of our outlier opportunities and see those members again that are um, quote unquote failing the measure, not meeting the intent of it, have some opportunity for improvement, why are they in this spot today? And this is where we need to be really mindful of how they got to that spot for 2019 and how we're going to keep them from getting in that spot again for 2020. Uh, so with the start of the new calendar year, this is the start of the new measurement year, whether it's for a performance-based network that you're participating in or if you're a Medicare Advantage health plan, the clock started over 1-1. So everybody has a chance. But again, it's not a one and done. So this is a continuous process and something that we should keep in mind 
Um, we can't just make one outreach to a member and tell them how important their diabetic medication is and think that that's going to stick. Uh, we're all creatures of habit, right? So um, repeating that process, making it a part of your workflow and your day-to-day -day operations really is key. And there's not a better time to start that than in the very first of the year. Um, kind of alongside that with it's not a one and done, I think sometimes in life in general, we tend to put a lot of value into a single event, right? Whether it's um, one of those defining moments um, as some people may call them, or it's a sporting event or something of that nature. We put a lot of value in a singular event. However, we should really place more value in the process. How do we get to that great win at our soccer game? How did we, we get to this um, performance improvement that we saw in 2019? It didn't happen once. It's a process that we have to keep working through. And as we think about New Year's resolutions and great mantras to start the year, um, putting value more in the process behind things, I think will be fruitful, hopefully, for for everyone. Yeah, I think that's a really great description uh, there, Emily. And it uh, relates to a lot of items that myself and Brittany and Jesse had talked about on our last podcast, uh, but bringing some new perspective to it as well. And, and I can say that uh, for myself, again, uh, having been under the weather from the flu earlier uh, this week. Uh, my success on my New Year's resolutions are not off to a great start, but I want to go ahead and change that part of it. And, and it does go to that process. How do we be different? And when we talk about pharmacy, uh, we do see from a lot of pharmacists that beginning of the new year, there's a lot of changes to insurance and they're handling and they're managing that. But um, that is a very frequent question mm -hmm. that we get from pharmacists that Beginning of the new year, um, they don't know what patients they want to be working with and what changes there need to be uh, need to be done or need to be considered. But uh, the, the part that is going to be consistent is that prior history does tell us a lot of information, and particularly if those uh, instances happen to be repeating themselves. So definitely Absolutely. in agreement there uh, with your with your description. And we'll go ahead and jump into uh, the second question. And and for this one, I'm going to take a bit of a different perspective. And you had mentioned that your background, um, at least in recent years, has been more on the managed care side. And that does bring a, a, a different uh, approach to how things are done. And you're going to have a lot more information on details that a lot of our pharmacists probably are familiar with. And that's okay. Pharmacists, they're, they're behind the bench or they're working on their patient care interventions. Um, it's not possible to know everything in the world. So I want to use this time to help provide a little bit of context uh, for pharmacists on just Medicare and CMS and star ratings and things of that nature. So can you explain for us a little bit the time frame that is worked with for um, Medicare contracting and how this relates to timing of updates from CMS and things like when CMS updates the star ratings? Yeah, uh, Nick, I can give you one word for the timing around stars and star ratings, all of those things. Complex. It is complex. Um, all the wheels are turning, but they're turning in different directions with different time frames. And while it seems like on the pharmacy side, we live in a very retrospective world, um, we actually have to think very prospectively as well. So again, it's just very complex. Uh, right now, all of the managed care 
folks in the, in the pharmacy field, they're being inundated with contracts for 2021. I mean, we just started 2020 and we have to really give some time, thought, effort, analyses around 2021. And thinking about that and, and as it relates to the STAR ratings, those cut points were published uh, last October, the very last week of October in 2019, the cut points for 2020 that is. And those cut points were based upon data from 2018. So again, very retrospective uh, in so many ways, shapes and forms. But again, we are forced to be thinking many, many months and years in advance. So bids are due to CMS by the first week in June. Um, so that means that here over the next few months, a lot of the, again, third-party contracting folks are going to be super busy trying to um, really understand what the plans are looking to do in 2021. And we also think about a lot of the kind of legislative environment that we're living in today. There are certainly a number of changes that are um, out there being presented to CMS, other government entities, et cetera. And so certainly it continues to be, I think, a world of unknowns that we're living in. But one thing that's definitely not an unknown is that dynamic between being retrospective and prospective. So thinking about what you're doing today, even though you may be assessed for something you did two years ago, to continue to provide opportunities for pharmacies themselves, for chains, et cetera, you have to be looking forward. There's no other way to, to go about it. You have to take a prospective attitude um, and look at what you're doing to treat your patients and, and how you're treating them, because that's really what's going to continue to foster and, and create opportunities for pharmacies. And there's really nothing um, that gets us excited more here at PQS to see when we're able to help facilitate either a conversation or um, an, an opportunity to really highlight what pharmacies can do to take better care of members or patients, however you want to term it, right? But really helping pharmacies to practice at the top of their license and um, help make a real difference on, on patients and their health and uh, the outcomes therein. And again, taking that prospective approach is, is key for that. So, uh, Emily, I think I am going to have here a little bit of a follow-up question for you because I, I liked a lot uh -huh. of that content that, that you had and, and thinking about some of that where many of these contracts or uh, set up from CMS and starting where these items are set um, you know, beforehand. That, that's one item that we see for a lot of pharmacists where it's working on, let's say it's the 2020 year. Um, they're working through and if they need to know, if they know what measures they're focusing on for, you know, for 2020, um, what would be kind of your recommendations? Because, it, you know, 2021, I know that's a year from, from now, um, but mm -hmm. if they're starting to work on their programs or measures that they need to look at for that new year, if they're just starting at that on January 1st of that, of that new year, that's probably not an effective way for them to really be utilizing that information or, or they may not be fully kind of educated if there's new measures or new programs that are out there. So um, what would you recommend? How, do you, how would you say pharmacists can help stay on top um, in terms of new measures that may be coming around or where they can look for more information so that when something new does come around, uh, that they can be familiar with it before it has some performance program details for them? 
Yeah, that is a great question. And I'm glad you asked that, Nick. A couple of um, different answers to that, if you don't mind. So one, kind of taking a, a step back from that, something that we see continue to bubble up in the marketplace is the, the notion of quality measurement. We see a lot changing in the environment around quality measurement, maybe as it relates to reimbursement, et cetera. But we certainly have not seen any indication of folks backing away from the idea or notion around quality measurement. And thinking about it from that perspective, the conversations that we have with health plans and PBMs to your point, Nick, is really starting to stem away from just the adherence discussion. And I don't know, that makes me pretty excited to think about things other than adherence on a day-to-day -day basis, but thinking about how do we help people bring their A1C under control? How do we help children with very serious asthma conditions? How do we help to control their day-to-day -day life so that those kids are staying out of the emergency rooms. Their parents are not taking that child and then all their siblings with them because they can't breathe at 2 a.m. I mean, that is the, the worst thing if, if that's not something happening in your family, but that you've witnessed or you've helped to treat someone in that situation. It is downright scary. How do we help to take better care of some of those cohorts of patients? And it really goes back to that putting value in the process. So we're not just chasing prescriptions for an adherence item, right? We're taking better care of people um, from the start. And uh, I would say that focusing on other conditions outside of what we would deem maybe those three adherence measures, that's going to become really important. So thinking about conditions that are costly for health plans, including asthma, um, and also obviously seriously detrimental to, um, to the health of your patient, you think about the opioid crisis, we may start to see some things bubble up in that realm for sure. The Support Act was published and signed, um, signed into law back in late 2018, certainly having some conversations with health plans about how uh, they are able to support the Support Act. Um, also, again, thinking about A1C, other outcomes-based measures. We've talked about these things, I think, for a long time and played with those notions in the marketplace, but I think uh, the rubber's going to meet the road, if you will, here in the very, very near future. Yeah, and, and the first thing that came to mind here as I was writing on my notes while we do this recording was that it sounds like we're going to have a couple of future episodes, Emily, for you to talk about new measures and how uh, and, and how other ways that pharmacists can help improve patient health outcomes. So we'll we'll save those questions for another another time. Uh, I think it's a lot of really good, a little bit. It's a great tease um, for, for what's coming up. But uh, I do want to finish with kind of a third and final question for the day. And you and I both know there's some really unique information in our PQS trend report um, that's really exciting. And, uh, you know, I work with our pharmacies, you work with the managed care groups. Um, wanted to get a little bit of sense because we're different sides of the coin here. Um, what in that report sparked your inter interest for, for 2020? And what do you see as the opportunity for pharmacists and pharmacy going forward? Yes. So, um, Nick, if you were to take Emily Andrus back about 10 years and ask her about data science or data analytics capabilities, Emily would have no idea what any of that means or meant, um, but over And Emily the last would not be alone years, in that either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
there is, it is, it is so cool. I don't know. Uh, that's the first thing that comes to mind is layering data on top of all of these questions that we want to answer, uh, need to answer so that we can continue to help save lives. That's the very root of it, right? Um, we can get there. We just have to have the data, which I think is an amazing concept. And some of the items that really sparked interest, one in particular, was the correlation to behavioral health and adherence. And I know we're talking about adherence, but it goes such a step further to understand what are all of the external factors happening with your patients that are affecting things like adherence. Um, in their life. And I think there's so much to glean from that. Are there medications that we see are more successful for patients to take versus others? Maybe we're going to look at the diabetes adherence measure. Are we seeing trends with one particular NDC versus another that may um, spark a different formulary change or something of that nature for the health plan. If the health plan had access to that information too, is there something that they could do to help make their members either more adherent, healthier, keep them out of the emergency room? Um, all of those good things. I think just putting a data lens on a lot of what we've traditionally looked at is new and exciting. And, and I'll quickly share one quick story with you about how we recently have been able to make an impact in this realm by identifying uh, patients for a particular health plan that we work with the very, very last two weeks of the year, we worked with the health plan to say, okay, if you need to reach out to anyone, uh, you need to reach out to this subset of patients. And what I thought was really unique about this, other than the, the ability for us to use data analytics to understand down to that day, who, which members needed to be um, reached out to for this particular health plan. But what the health plan did was not just put those members into a call center. That health plan went out into physically, went into the community, knocked on these uh, patients, knocked on their door, took them to the pharmacy, got them refilled, had medication reviews with them. I mean, they took it a whole different step. They had no chance of hitting the next star rating threshold. They simply did this because they are genuinely concerned about the health and well-being of their members. And uh, I'm going to hang on to that story because it makes me feel really warm and fuzzy about 2020 <laughs> uh, and doing some great things uh, to help people get better. So. Well, it's good that your start feeling for 2020 was warm and fuzzy. Mine was just <laughs> warm and night sweats from flu, uh, which was a very different yeah. start there. So yours sounds much better than mine. And, you know, your, your comments there brought two items to me that were some of the, uh, I guess, earliest lessons that I learned in pharmacy school. There's always things you learn in the books or that you have to take a test for. But to me, some of the most important things that I had in pharmacy school were some of the off-the-cuff remarks are the things that were most essential to being a pharmacist. So two that I want to share. Um, the first being, it's okay to say that you don't know. And I think that's a key point when you talk about the data science part of it, right? There are elements here that as we're Absolutely. starting to understand more information, more data, as we start to understand the patient experience more, that should hopefully change how we're working with these patients. And then the second part of it, it goes to somewhat related to this, um, documentation means a lot. If there's not documentation, um, that we can't really change the experience. We can't change how these measures are looked at. We can't change how we interact based on these parts of it. 
Uh, I was taught very early in pharmacy school, and this may have been more from a board of pharmacy consideration, but that you need to document everything, and that if it's not documented, it never it never happened. <laughs> and we certainly see that uh, you know in a different way as it relates to quality measures and to patient care. So it's really interesting to me how uh, you know ten although I learned these these lessons probably ten years ago um, that they still come back to me uh, during a time like this, but. Um, Emily, I think this was been this has been really fantastic, and uh, we did talk about star ratings earlier. And uh, you know, my early review of your first first podcast experience is that uh, is that uh, this was a five star recording. So, what, what did you think? We do okay. <laughs> That's very generous, Nick. I don't know, maybe four and a half. I don't know, four. We'll see. But I hope I get to come on again and talk more about maybe new measures or whatever it is. And my goal will be to improve. I'm going to put a process in place and improve for the next time. Hands yeah, down. it's definitely a key part. <laughs> I can tell you I've had my own process improvement, even listening back to some of our podcast episodes, cutting down the number of times I say, um, when we're doing a recording. So there's always room for improvement, always steps that can be taken. And uh, I am glad to hear that you're feeling positive about this experience. Um, Emily, while it was your first time, I certainly don't expect it'll be your last time in the podcast. Um, and with that in mind, I mean, is there anything off the top of your head that uh, you'd like us to cover in future podcasts? Maybe it's something you cover. Maybe it's something that it's, uh, you know, we have other experts cover. Anything that you think would be useful for our audience? Gosh, um, you put me on the spot, Nick, but I think that potentially what you mentioned around the measures, and I also, we're going to get to a point in the year, right around maybe April or May, where the tides are going to start turning. So what does our strategy look like? How does it become a little different starting in April and May? And uh, maybe we talk about changing strategy at that point in time. It All can right. be a little helpful at that point. Adding yeah. that, we, we scheduled some of these podcast months out in terms of what we want to cover. So we'll uh, look at that, putting that in. And uh, Emily, I thank you for providing those thoughts. And um, part of making a quality podcast series is having a well-developed schedule. And we can transition some of those to future episodes. But with that, we'll go ahead and close this episode. Emily, thanks again for your time and your contributions today to help improve the quality of our podcast series. And to our audience. Nick. Our, oh, yeah, go ahead, Emily. Last comment. Oh, sorry. No. I just wanted to say thank you. I appreciate the opportunity, so thank you. Yep, thank you for coming on. And to our audience, our team here at PQS has a couple of favors to ask of you, our podcast listener. First, we encourage you to share this podcast with two friends. Because if you share this with two friends and each of them shares with two friends, it really helps us hit a larger listening audience. Second, we also want to take a moment to remind you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you may find it. And then if you have any questions or topics that you would like us to address, please contact us. The best way to do so is to email info at pharmacyquality.com. Let us know what is on your mind and what we can address so that you are fully informed. Our goal is to continuously improve our podcast content and to provide meaningful information to our listeners based on current topics in healthcare, technology, and quality measurement. We want to help you become as effective as possible in how you care for patients and improve public health. So until next time, we wish you well.